Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. So, that's the whole title of the series, Possessing Your Inheritance. And my subject today, this teaching is called Taking Ownership of What's Already Been Provided for You. So now let's read here in Romans chapter 4. Amen. In the New Testament, Romans chapter 4, verse 13, verse 14. Amen. For the promise that he should be the heir of the world was not to Abraham or to his seed through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. For if they which are of the law be heirs, faith is made void, and the promise made of none effect. What is that, colon right there? That's a colon right there, isn't it? Yes, okay. So there's something else coming here. Because the law worketh wrath, for where no law is, there is no transgression. Verse 16. Therefore it is of faith that it might be by grace, semicolon, for the end, to the end the promise might be sure to all the seeds, semicolon, not to that only which is the law, common, comma, but to that also which is of the faith of Abraham, who is the father of all. Now underline the faith of Abraham. But let me read it to you from the Living Bible, Romans chapter 4, verse 13 through verses uh, 16. It is clear then that God's promise to give the whole earth to Abraham and his descendants was not because Abraham obeyed God's laws, but because he trusted God to keep his promise. For the promise to Abraham or his, or his posterity, okay, meaning those that are going ahead, uh, that he should inherit the world, did not come through observing the commands of the law, but through the righteousness of faith. So God's blessings are given to who? Us. If you, well, I'm sorry, you don't have that particular translation. Are given to us by faith as a free gift. We are certain to get them whether or not we follow Jewish customs if we have faith like Abraham's. For Abraham is the father of us all when it comes to these matters. Mm -hmm. Let me read it in the Amplified, then we should all have that. Therefore, inheriting the promise is the outcome of faith and depends entirely on faith in order that it might be given as an act of grace, unmerited favor, to make it stable and valid and guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the devotees and adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham, who is thus the father of us all. Now, did I tell you to do that? Underline the faith of Abraham. I told you to do that already. Amen. Hallelujah. So God promised Abraham that he would be the heir of the world. We know that from our Bible studies. Amen. We know that he promised him that he would be the heir of, of, of the whole world. So not only just Abraham, but he also promised that to Abraham and his seed as well, to his seed. But I want us to take a closer look right here in verse 16, okay? And this is what it says. 
it is of faith that it, it might be by grace to the end of the promise might be sure to all the seed That seed means everybody. That seed means everybody. Now, you may not have that translation of what I have here. So that's a closer look we want to take. Now, just go over to Galatians chapter 3, verse 16. Page 1531. 316. Hallelujah. Now, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He had said not, and to seeds as of many but as of one, and to thy seed, which is Christ. So, thank you. So now, Paul is saying here uh, to Abraham and his seed, which means to Abraham and Jesus, so then this seed, this seed, S-E-E-D, that Paul is talking about is Christ Jesus. It's the Lord whom he's talking about. Now, drop down to verse 27 here. For as many of you as have been baptized unto Christ, have done what? Put on Christ. Put on Christ. Well, hello there. All right. All right. So now, do you belong to Christ, people of God? Amen. Well, so the promises were to Abraham and his seed, who is Christ. Now, when you read in the Bible, in the scripture, there are specific promises that have been given throughout the course. We'll talk about those, you know, um, perhaps not in this particular study, but at another time. There were some promises that were made just to the children of Israel. There were some promises that were made uh, to those who are the body of Christ that have been engrafted in, uh, into. And then there were some other folk, amen, that were were. Were, they were called the Goyim. There were some promises made to them. So the promises apply to, to, to one portion and another portion and another portion. But many of those promises apply to us. Okay? All right? So, you know, we, we, we like to say, you know, and probably without any really uh, substantiated evidence that, that, that all the promises in the Bible belong to me. Well, no. They really don't. All of the promises in the Bible don't belong to all of us, but there are enough promises in the life in our lives that have already been given to us that if we would just act on those promises, believe and receive those promises, we won't have time to worry about the promises that don't apply to us. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. All right. So again, it says here, uh, for as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. So, now, inside of you, well, inside of Christ, excuse me, let me say that. Inside of Christ is you and I. We're inside of him, okay? We're on the inside of him. So that means whatever Christ gets, whatever Jesus gets, you and I get the same thing. Amen? Amen? Why? Because we're on the inside of us. You parents, you mothers, you know, that have carried children, you know that all of the things that you eat, you know, your baby 
gets those nutrients of what you eat because they're on the inside of you. Well, it's the same way when it comes to Christ. Everything that Jesus got, okay, everybody got that, right? All right, okay, I saw somebody looking kind of like trying to think about that for a minute here. All right, but amen, hallelujah. So we're on in the inside of Christ, everything he gets, it belongs to us, all right? So I'm making sense so far. Now, how did you get everything that belongs to Christ? So let's look back here in verses 13, verses 14 here. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit, Help me out here. Through faith. That we might receive the promise of the Spirit through what? Faith. So, the promise of salvation is there already. The promise of deliverance is there already. The promise of healing is there already. But if you have no faith, people of God, or if there is no one, nobody who can receive that promise for you, then that promise is of no effect to you. Everybody say, thank God for Jesus. Well, because Jesus himself said, you are going to have to receive everything that I've given to you, that I've provided for you, you are going to have to be the one to receive it by faith. So that means it's very important as far as I know, that you and I, that we be taught faith. We have to learn faith, and we have to walk by faith. Hello, somebody. There you go. You're reading me now. You're reading me. So how, for, how our faith works is one thing for all of us as people of God, but how faith comes is another thing altogether. All right. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. So faith, as it says in Romans chapter 10, verse 17, faith comes by and hearing by the word of God. Now, do you remember, let's hold right there for a minute. Do you remember in the book of St. Mark, St. Mark chapter 4, we're going to go over there in a little bit. But in the book of St. Mark chapter 4, there were different things that happened in that particular chapter. But one of those things towards the latter portions of that fourth chapter of St. Mark, that Jesus was taking his disciples on a cruise. Bought and paid for by him. So he says to them, let's go to the other side. So in verse 35, he says here, let us pass over unto the other side. So now who said that? So if Jesus said it, then it must be the word of God, all right? So how do we know that it's the word of God? Because that's what Jesus himself said. And we know it's what Jesus himself said because Mark wrote it down and put it in red. And the writers, when they translated that scripture in the New Testament, they put those words in red because those are the words that Jesus spoke. From, from his lips to our ears. So then, all right, 
Hallelujah. He wrote it down verbatim. So if we're going to complete any assignment from God, we need what? We need a word from the Lord. We need a what? Hold on just a minute. We need a what? Hello, now we go. Wait a minute, let me give it one more. Hold on one minute. We need a what? Glory be to God. That's right. We need a word. We need a word from the Lord. All right. Hallelujah. So now let's go over there. Mark chapter 4. We're going to begin reading here. Mark chapter 4. Amen. When you get it, page 1288. Amen, everybody. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. We're going to begin reading here in verse 34. All right. I thought I was over there. Hallelujah. But without a parable spake he unto them, and when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. Mm -hmm. And the same day, when the evening was come, he said to them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the ship, and there were also with him other little ships. Everybody underlined it. Let me underline that myself here. That just jumped out at me. Praise the Lord. Other little ships. There we go. All right. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful, or ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? So, he said here, verse 25, Jesus said, Let us pass over Unto the other side. Now that's the word of God, is it not? Okay, and we've established the fact because that's what the scripture says. That's what Jesus said. Now, look back here in verse 34. And verse 35 as well. So he says here, now notice Jesus did not say, let us pass over to the other side. If we have good weather. So this other side, now listen to me now, this other side represents 
It represents where you are trying to obtain that place where you are trying to obtain God's promises. That is the place of the other side. Now, how many of you want to go to the other side now? Well, before I said that, probably some of you didn't want to go to the other side because you don't like the water. You don't like ships. No, you don't want no part of that, too much water and all that. But now you know if the only way for you to get to the other side where your promises can be obtained is on that ship, what are you willing to do now? You're willing to go to the other side. Amen? Hallelujah. So this other side represents that place where you are trying to obtain the promises of God. You and all of us are trying to get that promise that the Lord has spoken to us and provided for us, we're trying to get those manifested in our lives. Are we not? All right. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Now, here's the thing. Now, your other side, okay, may be your desire, amen, if you're female, to have a good husband. Your desire, uh, gentlemen, and most of the gentlemen in here, uh, the majority of the gentlemen in here are married. Uh, their desire may be, their other side may be to have a good wife, gentlemen. And I'm not talking about that TV show, The Good Wife, either. I'm talking about a good, good wife. All right. Now, and right now, you're on that other side of that, of where you really want to be and where the Lord wants you to be. But you need to be able to get over there to that good side, whether it's good marriage side, good finances side, good healing side, wherever it is, you need to be able to get over to the other side. Well, now let's just say that you want to be able to have a good paying job with excellent benefits. Amen? Or you are in need of healing. Or you need a new car. Or you're trying to get to the other side. You're trying to get out of debt, have your mortgage paid off, whatever it may be. And you are trying to get over. And I heard somebody say, hallelujah. Glory be to God. All right, well, you're exempt from this, but everybody else, hallelujah. Glory be to God. Hallelujah. So now, (laughs) so now let's just say you are trying to get over to the other side. But a storm kicks up. Why do you think that's so? Right. Because the devil wants to attack your assignment. He wants to delay, stop, or negate God's plan, God's purpose, God's promises for your life. The devil wants to stop it. Here's the breaking news. Look at it. It's running right across the bottom of the screen. Amen. As you're watching your favorite TV show. Breaking news is his job is to keep you from getting to the other side, people of God. Why do you think that's so? Why do you think that's so? Well, let's look here in verse 36 here. Oh, this is so good here. All right. And when they had sent away the multitude... They took him even as he went into the ship. Now, I want you to read this next sentence with me. And there were also with him other little ships. Now, you did underline the word other little ships, right? All right. Now, other little ships, meaning with him were other little ships. That means there were other people that are going to be watching you. Other people are those other little ships. And they are going to be watching you. 
there are going to be some folk that are going to be stimulated by your faith. There are some folk that are going to be motivated by the blessings and the manifested presence of God, amen, coming to fruition in your life. There are all kinds of other little ships in your life, but you have not yet just recognized them, but now you know. All right. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. There are people who are watching you. And they're watching you to see what kind of lifestyle you're going to live or what kind of lifestyle you are already living. So it's up to you to be consistent when it comes to the things of God. All other little ships. Look, you the big yacht out there. You know, you're out there sailing love boat. Uh-huh. You're on the Cooper River, right? Uh-huh. Drinking iced tea with a little umbrella in the drink, you know, and a little fruit on the thing and all, you know, and all that. And here's all these other little ships out there, you know, and you think they're out there just sunning and doing it. No, but all those other little ships are out there watching you because they want to see who you are. They want to know how you got to be where you are. What are you doing that's so different from what they're doing that makes you so great when it comes to the things of God. There are all other little ships out there watching to see the evidence of you and your God being in relationship together. Amen. It's all about our relationship to the Lord. And if you don't think anybody's watching your relationship in the Lord, just say the wrong thing. Just do the wrong thing. Just act the wrong way when you think nobody's watching. Hallelujah. So the enemy knows all of this. The devil, he knows all about that, all of that stuff. And because he knows all of that, it's his assignment, and he feels that he has got to stop you from doing what the Lord wants you to do. Now, we're going back to verse 37 here, and we're going to read verse 41 again. And there arose a great storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship, so that it was now full. And he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say unto him, Master! Carest thou not that we perish? So this great storm comes up, and you know, well, let me ask it this way then. You do know that God knows the future. Amen. Amen. You know that, right? Sometimes we don't act like God knows the future, but he knows the future. He knows the here and now. He knows the future. He knows what happened the past. He knows the present. And he knows the future. So it's up to us to remember the fact at all times that our God, he knows the future. Hallelujah. So God knew that a storm was going to, to, to be in their path. He knew that already. He didn't go on there and check his cell phone app to see if there was going to be a storm or any of that. You know, before they, he said to them, let us go. Onto the other side, he just said, hey, listen, come on, let's get the boat. Let's go to the other side. So he knew that, that there was going to be a storm in their path. So the question is, so where did that storm come from? Open book test. The storm was from the devil. He was the one that sent the storm. Now, let's go back, verse 14. Go all the way back. Look at verse 14. Chapter 4, verse 14. Hallelujah. Just sticking together here. All right. So all of that being said, 
The storm came from the devil. Now watch this, verse 14. The sower doeth what? So now remember Jesus said, let us pass over unto the other side. All right? Now we read here, so the sower soweth the word, verse 15, and these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. Underline that word immediately. And taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they, likewise, which are sown on stony ground, who, when they have heard the word, they what, underline that word immediately. Immediately they did what? Received it with gladness. So why does Satan come after the word of God? What comes by hearing the word of God? So what is it that Satan cannot stop then? Hello? What is it that Satan cannot stop? Faith. faith. Hallelujah. That is one thing that he cannot stop is faith. So what fight then are you going to fight as a child of God? The good fight of faith. So what is going to give you the victory then to help you to overcome the world? The good fight of faith. So Satan has to do one thing. He has to separate you from your Hello, we're going somewhere now. Thank you much. Hallelujah. He's going to try to separate you from your faith. Because if he does not separate you from your faith, he knows that your body's going to be healed. If he cannot separate you from your faith, he knows that you are going to be delivered and set free. He knows if he doesn't separate you from your faith, you're going to have the best marriage on the planet. He knows if he can't separate you from your faith, your, 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 your bank account is going to be running over. He knows with abundance. He knows if he can't separate you from your faith that you're going to get a lot further, a lot faster than what you thought you would. So he's trying to separate you from your faith. Because if he doesn't separate you from your faith, he knows that your business is going to prosper. He knows if he doesn't separate you from your faith, you're going to be blessed and highly favored in everything that you do and all that you set your hand to do. He knows, amen, hallelujah. Glory be to God. If you don't fall out and faint and get mad and upset with your spouse, that everything in your house where you live, everything's going to be all right. And it's going to be like days of heaven right there in the house where you live. Amen. Hallelujah. The Satan knows if he doesn't separate me, and I'm talking about me, from my faith, then that 10,000 minimum strong born-again believers in Christ coming from the north, south, east, and the west to this church. Hallelujah. So he is after your faith. He's after my faith because he knows that it is our faith that overcometh. First John, that's where it is. You don't have to go there. That's in first John chapter five, verse four. So, amen. So he knows that uh, 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 it is your faith that overcomes the world. Not one time in your life, but every time in your life, if you 
keep the faith. If you continue to fight the good fight of faith, not one time, but say it again, every time. Okay, glory be to God. So here we are here. We're here now, and we're still here in Mark chapter 4. So the word has been sown. Now here comes the devil. So here's my point to you. The devil is not coming after you. I don't want to bust your bubble, but he's not thinking about you. I don't want to break your heart, but he thinks zero about you. He doesn't care one iota about you at all. But after you come out of church on Sunday morning, and after the Monday morning prayer has been finished, after the Wednesday evening Bible study has been completed, after the 31-day fast has ended, he wants to steal all that anointed word that was sown into your heart. That's what he's after. He is after the word of God. Because he knows what we are preaching here is going to bring you faith and get you where you need to go. Where you need to go. Yes, hallelujah. And where you need to glow, too. Glory be to God. He knows when we release the word of God, it is a seed and it will do what it said it will do for you. So now, the enemy comes to attack this ship. Now, here we are here. Verse 37. Hallelujah. The enemy comes to attack this ship. Now, Here's a footnote here, and I, I, I want to tell you this. This is not in the Bible right here, but I, it, I don't want it to make it very plain to everybody. Here's the footnote here. It was not God testing Jesus and the disciples who were with him in the ship. It was the enemy trying to destroy them. See, the enemy won't give you no test. He just wants to destroy you. Stop the word of God, okay? So let me say it again. The footnote is, it was not God testing Jesus and the disciples who were with him in the ship. It was the enemy trying to destroy them. He was after their faith. He was trying to separate them from their faith. What's the enemy going to try to do to you? But guess what now? Here we are reading the word of God. Here we are. They're all together in the ship Jesus and those disciples, they were all in the ship. And guess what? He did a pretty good job of separating them from their faith because they jumped up and started accusing Jesus. Lord, you don't care nothing about us. Look at you. Whoa. How many times? Don't nobody put your hand up. You know what the word of God says. You know that you're in the presence of the Lord. And it doesn't look like that situation or that circumstance is working out right. Lord, I don't believe you. Let this thing, Lord, don't you, don't you care? Don't you know I'm special to you? Ladies would say, Lord, don't you know I'm your queen? Gentlemen, you would say, Lord, don't you know I'm your son? How in the world could you let this happen to me? Well, it's natural for people to start accusing Jesus when things aren't going their way. Yeah. Amen. Now, these brothers were in his presence. Verse 38, we already read it. Master, carest not that thou perish, that we perish, excuse me. So Jesus was sleeping in the stern or the back of the ship, or the back of the boat, 
And he was reclining back there, napping on a leather cushion. Look at Jesus. Hallelujah. Probably was designer, too. Huh? Rich Corinthian leather. Uh, had been all saddle soaked up, nice and soft, nice and plush, and all of that. He was back there, and he was resting. And they woke him up and said, don't you care that we are perishing? Now, I'm going to close with this. There are temptations all around us. But if we would just hold on to the word of God, which we preach, you will get to your promised land.